Hey, this is Brian Akar, host of Why I Left, here to let you know about an important cause for which I'm fundraising and need your support. Child trauma occurs more than you think. More than two-thirds of children reported at least one traumatic event by age 16. Since 1979, the Advocate Childhood Trauma Treatment Program has provided a range of specialized services for the treatment of and healing from experiences of trauma in the Chicago area. Knowing people who have experienced childhood trauma, I'm aware of its lasting impact. That's why, on October 13th, 2024, I'm back running the Chicago Marathon again, representing Advocate Health as a member of the charity running team and fundraising to benefit the program. Please visit the show notes and click the link for Be Run Chicago to donate to this cause. I appreciate any support that you could provide. Now, let's get to this week's episode. Thank you. Welcome to Why I Left, a podcast that explores the great resignation. I'm your host, Brian Akar. Join me as I chronicle real stories from real people about the reasons they decided to leave their jobs during the pandemic and what has happened since. Hello, and thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Why I Left podcast. In today's episode, I chat with Bev Atfield. Bev believes people are happiest at work when they are supported and surrounded by kindness, feel encouraged to explore, create, and belong. She's on a mission to evolve leader thinking and organizational structures to produce incredible experiences and supportive environments for humans in the workplace. I'm excited to have her join the show, and I really enjoyed our discussion, so let's go check out her story. All right, welcome back. So our guest today is Bev Atfield. Bev is a partner at Within People, co-author, globe runner, and former host of the People at Work podcast with over 100 episodes under her belt. She joins us to share her journey prior to and during the pandemic and ultimately why she left the software development industry. We're also going to hear about her epic multi-year backpacking and running journey through 30 countries. So I'm very excited about that. So hi, Bev. Welcome to the show. Thanks for joining. Hey, Brian. It's awesome to be here. Thank you for inviting me to chat. Of course, of course. And so we're going to we're going to get into all those other things that I mentioned for because I'm, you know, I'm almost I'm almost like more excited to talk about that <laughs> than than what we're actually here to talk about, but but I want to, you know, w- before we get into those things, I would love to just hear a little bit about, you know, your upbringing and where you call home. Great. Yeah. Well, and the the good news is all those things that you mentioned are actually related. So we will get ah. to them because they're all part of the same story. Very nice. <laughs> um, so my background is uh, I grew up in South Africa. I moved to Canada 25 years ago and have called the Vancouver region home for that time. I recently moved uh, temporarily to San Diego in Southern California, where I am now playing in the California sunshine and experiencing um, a different vibe. And um, yeah, for now, this is uh, where I'm calling home. Very nice. And you know, what I hear about San Diego, I've never been, but apparently it's the best weather in the nation all year round. Well, so far, so good. I must say I'm really quite astounded by the consistency of the weather and how incredible it is every day when I open the blinds and or the drapes and I have a look outside, it's sunny 
and beautifully temperate. Apparently, the locals say this is quite warm at the moment. It is, <laughs> you know, late August, so it's it is quite warm as it is in most parts of the northern hemisphere right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm loving it. No, that's great to hear. And so, you know, talking about now career wise, right? So, what have been some of the things that you've been passionate about professionally? Yeah. So from my sort of earlier times of, of trying to decide what it is that I wanted to do with my life. And I'm, you know, I'm still not a hundred percent sure that I have figured that out, but, you know, I always had this curiosity around why people come together to do things and, you know, like work output or sports or creative endeavors. And as I was starting in my career, I, I had the opportunity to work in, in different places, in, you know, different kinds of environments and started to really be even more curious about how organizations in particular are assembled and what you do within those organizations to either help people grow and thrive or to completely deflate them and remove the spark that they have in their day to day. And so as I matured and and grew and learned and um, had the opportunity to go back and, and do an MBA where I was very interested in understanding organizational development and organizational psychology, which came on the heels of my undergrad, which is in communications and psychology. So I really wanted to understand how I could be a, or how I could have an impact in changing the shape and form of organizations. And I quickly started to realize that you do that by starting with yourself as a leader and then inspiring and educating and bringing other leaders along the path with you so that you change organizations one by one person as you go. Yeah, oh, definitely. And, you know, I, I love the the focus on, you know, OD and, and IO psych and all those things. It's an area that I, I too sometimes kind of nerd out in because it is so fascinating, you know, just to to hear and and, and, and be a part of those things. So now, and I mentioned it earlier around, you know, kind of your, your kind of partnership with, within people, but prior to joining that company, tell us a little bit about your work journey and what's worked well in the environments that you've been a part of. Yeah. So I've mostly spent my career in the professional services realm. Um, so I was in the hospitality industry, the tourism industry, the architecture, engineering, uh, design industry, uh, and then tech most recently with, uh, the, the company that I was with um, when I returned from my epic backpacking trip that you mentioned. (laughs) And I I think what I observed throughout all of those experiences was that the places where people can be themselves and where the emphasis is on a growth mindset and bringing people together, not knowing the answers, welcoming people to be themselves and share their ideas that's where the magic actually is. And it's not just the tech environment where that kind of opportunity arrives or thrives. Uh, you can achieve that in any kind of organization with the right mindset, I believe. No, that's great. And and I, I love that. You know, we, I've been hearing a lot and reading a lot uh, about people really focusing more on that that growth mindset, if you will. And so I think that is that is uh, something that people should definitely take take advantage of. So now, you know, given the nature of the show, right, what I want to do is take you back. Let's go back in time. Okay. So this is a show about, you know, the great resignation and the pandemic and all of that. And so it wouldn't be that without at least talking about what happened in March of 2020. 
So let's go back to that time. COVID hits us. We're introduced to this, this pandemic, right? And so talk a little bit about how the pandemic affected you. Yeah, so at the time, I was working for a tech company here in Vancouver called Jostle, and uh, we the product that that company was building was uh, an employee success platform, or also commonly known uh, as an intranet or some sort of way to keep people connected. And my role there was really around not only helping our clients to improve the way that they connect their people and build their cultures by using technology, but I also had uh, a part of my role was in building Jostle's own culture, as well as furthering the body of knowledge around like what are the things that are actually driving culture and leadership and creating engaging workplaces and amazing employee experiences. So I had a, quite a diverse role while I was there. And for me personally, the, when the shift happened, when we went basically overnight at Jostle to being a remote company, uh, we basically closed our laptops on a Friday and, and were all at home on the following Monday working from home. Uh, there were 70 of us. And fortunately, we used our own product quite extensively. So the shift for us to connect with each other using technology was was the lift was quite light, like it wasn't difficult for us. But what was difficult for us was suddenly losing that physical connection to each other and some of the things that we took for granted around the water cooler chat or just the serendipity of crossing paths with someone and learning something about them or having someone help you about something. So, um, you know, I, I think for me, aside from the the anxiety and the fear and the the unsettledness that was around swirling around all of us at that time in late March 2020, I think immediately for us as the leadership team and for me as a key leader at Jostle was to move into this mode of trying to find ways to help our people feel looked after and cared for, but also keeping the culture alive when we could no longer see each other. So it was a it was a huge learning curve for us. And, and I remember feeling uh, like I was constantly battling my own personal feelings about what had just happened and the fact that I was now working out of my living room and nobody knew what was going to happen. And the news headlines were every morning, you didn't know what you were going to wake up to with the world news. Balancing that out against trying to keep our people together and safe and cared for and keep servicing our clients. So it, it was a lot, <laughs> yeah. um, but I was not alone. That was the, the, the great thing was I was definitely not alone. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> no, and you talked a little about some of, some of the learning. So what, what did you learn uh, during that time? I quickly learned that I needed to let go of perfection and that it was going to be welcome for each of us to just be who we were in our home settings, with all the life stuff that was happening in the background, that there was not going to be such a thing as a perfect video call, <laughs> that there were going to be interruptions, and that there was a lot of latent stress going on, and that setting boundaries was really important at that time, and still is, quite honestly, even though the tape has run forward now, and many of us who went remote overnight have settled into being remote in some shape or form. The need for boundaries was really, really key at, in those early days. Um, just feeling like you didn't know when, when it was work, when it was life, 
when it was night, when it was day, had you eaten, had you not. It, it just seemed like a real mush of everything <laughs> happening at once. And, and getting to those boundaries was a really good learning for me. Yeah. And, you know, that's actually a great point. I'm glad you raised it. You know, what, what's like one boundary that you set during that time that you've continued to this day? I think it was having a proxy for my commute. So I would normally have commuted into the office 25 minutes on the bus and 25 minutes home. So what I did in the mornings was I took that 25 minutes and I would take my dogs for a walk around the block, or I would make sure that I took 15 minutes to meditate or to have, to have my coffee and listen to a podcast and just actually bookend my day as if I was commuting. And that really gave me like a, a marker to say, okay, the day is now starting and the day is now ending because I just felt like there was so much blur in the beginning times that it was exhausting. And I felt tired all the time, not only from being on and being on camera all the time because all of my meetings were video calls as it was for most people. But just the, the stress in the background of not knowing and not having control over what was going to happen next, I decided to control what I could within my workday, which really helped me feel like I had a partition to my work and the rest of my life. We'll be right back. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Are you struggling with mental health issues but find it difficult to make time for in-person therapy? BetterHelp has got you covered. BetterHelp is an online therapy platform that connects you with licensed therapists from the comfort of your own home. With BetterHelp, you can access professional counseling whenever and wherever you need it on your schedule. And the best part? It's affordable, confidential, and easy to use. As the host of Why I Left, I know that life can be tough sometimes, and that's why it's important to take care of your mental health. BetterHelp offers a wide range of services, including individual counseling, couples therapy, and even online group sessions. So whether you're dealing with depression, anxiety, or any other mental health issue, BetterHelp can provide the support you need to feel better. Sign up for BetterHelp today and start living a happier, healthier life. And as a special offer for our listeners, you can get 10% off your first month of BetterHelp by visiting betterhelp.com slash why I left. That's betterhelp.com slash why I left. Take care of yourself. No, that makes, that makes perfect sense. And, and now you were in Canada at the time, right? Correct. Yeah. So what, what was it like? in Canada around that, around that time, you know, look, we was in America at the time I'm, I'm on the East coast. And so the, the restrictions and the shutdowns and lockdowns were really strict here in New York, different States did different things, but, you know, crossing the border, going up to where, to where you were, what was it like up there? Yes. Yeah, so I was in British Columbia uh, and in Vancouver at the beginning of the pandemic. And uh, my husband and I were living quite close to the downtown core. I mean, the first months were certainly, we didn't have a formal lockdown, but there were definitely restrictions on what you could do. So all of the facilities like gyms and community centers were closed. So there was nothing that you could do in an inside space. So uh, I spent you know, a lot of my time, I'm a runner, so I 
I would run. That would be my way of getting out there. And just, I really remember feeling quite nervous about being around other people. And we were living in an apartment block at the time and just feeling quite cocooned away, like not wanting to be in a public space and being in an apartment building in particular, where there are 200 people living in that you know, set of units and just feeling quite exposed. And um, we were quite fortunate that about six months into the pandemic, um, we owned a home on a small island off the coast of Vancouver. And uh, we were able to return. We had rented our home out and um, we decided to return back to our house because we felt like that would be the, the safest place. It was in nature. It was far less exposed to people. And we were fortunate enough that we were able to return to our house. And, and once we returned to our house, things actually got quite a lot better, I think, for us, you know, not only from a, a low exposure and low risk point of view of being infected, but this location of this home was on an island, very rural, lots of access to nature. Our home had more space. So my husband and I could now have our own sort of private areas to work. So we weren't on top of each other during our workday. So I would say that my mental well-being definitely improved um, quite a bit once we made that shift back to our house. But, you know, as time went on, there were ups and downs as the different waves and, the you know, the, the different variants arrived. Um, I think British Columbia did a, an excellent job of containing things as best they could. You know, I, th I think that the, the opening up and the closing became quite fatiguing for people. You know, okay, so now you can go out, now you can't, now you must wear a mask, now you don't have to. So, you know, I, th I think it, I, I felt like I was in a really safe place most of the time. I think that there were some really severe restrictions like the US-Canada border being shut. That was very severe, I think. And that was really hard for a lot of people who cross the border daily to work or have family across the border. I mean, I didn't have that situation, but that was probably one of the most enduring restrictions that we had was just being, um, you know, the borders were definitely controlled quite strictly. So yeah, so, you know, I, I think all being told, I feel like it was the best place to be. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's. I know that there were many, many places where it was far more difficult to navigate than than my situation. No, definitely. And now, how did you know? So now you're back at the you know your place on on the island, right? And so, how did the pandemic start to affect your relationship with your job? Yeah. So I, I think as time went on and the realization was arriving that the pandemic had changed in office work forever. It started to see, like, I, I started to see a shift not only in the way that the company that I was with was prepared to welcome flexibility and to support, uh, you know, work-life balance in different ways than we had before. Because we, we were not a fully remote company before. We had flexibility, but we were generally expected to be in the office four or five days a week. Um, how you shaped your hours, that was up to you, but you had to be in the office. And as it became obvious that we could do our work just as well by not being with each other, and we only needed to assemble for special occasions or for creative sessions or for brainstorming or whatever the case may be, we definitely shifted our attitude around needing to be in the office. And I think that springboarded a an opportunity for me to explore 
what I wanted for my work-life integration and how far I wanted to take the idea of freedom and my capacity to actually integrate my work fully with my life, not the other way around. And I started to feel like there was more opportunity and possibility to do that since working fully remote was now an option. So even though I, I, I felt that the context that I was in and the company that I was with was definitely supporting remote or hybrid work uh, in some capacity, I felt like I wanted to have greater control over how I defined the work day for myself. And it started to become interesting to me that I no longer needed a company to craft that for me. I could craft that for myself. No, that's amazing. And now, so you were, I noticed you were with your last company for almost seven years, and then you decide, you know, to move on in January of 2022. So ultimately, you know, why did you leave your job during the pandemic? Yeah, so I, I think this is where perhaps I'll I'll weave in the the running and the backpacking around the world piece. Um, my husband and I took a sabbatical um, in 2013, and so we took two years and we said, look, why wait until we retire until we go and travel and explore and and you know see the world and and we love running too. So you know let's let's couple it all into this running adventure and we'll go and see some countries and run in some crazy places and just you know. Why not now? There was we ran out of reasons why we shouldn't do it, um, and we've we've lived a bit of an unconventional life. Um, you know, we we immigrated to Canada. We we always felt like we were changing up the agenda. Like roughly every seven years, we needed to do something different in order to you know challenge ourselves and and keep things interesting and creative. And while we were on that that trip, we we realized that we didn't want to return to the nine to five grind of the jobs that we had left behind. And we wanted to reframe what function work had other than just earning an income. What does work unlock for you and how do you design it so that it can actually enable you to do the things that you want to do in your life? And so we very intentionally returned back to Vancouver after our two years away and knew that the best industry for us to step into to explore more flexibility, the potential for a more nomadic way of being, um, being able to move to different places and work from there, um, you know, be with other co, you know, other folks in co-working spaces who were also living a fairly unconventional life. Um, the best way to do that was to go into the tech industry. So my, my husband already had a background in tech, so he continued on to become a software engineer. So he stepped into um, the tech space quite easily. Um, and I joined the company that I was with, Jossel, uh, in the capacity of a marketing um, individual and knew that I could use the skills and the, the knowledge that I had as a marketer and transfer that into working in that space for a tech company quite seamlessly, which is what I was able to do. Um, and interestingly, Jossel, the company that I joined, I had actually purchased their product and implemented it into the company that I left before I went on my travels. So I knew Jossel, I knew the people there, I really loved what they were trying to do, what their purpose was. And it just so happened that when I came back from my travels, they had an opening for a director of marketing role. 
So I joined them, um, which was wonderful. I mean, it was just serendipity, right? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> um, amazing. Yeah, it was a product that I already knew, people I already loved working with, and an opportunity to really step into tech. And also, it happened to be in the HR tech space, which coupled my love of the organizational development and the impact that I wanted to have around changing the experience that people have during their workday. So, you know, it's, it's all along, it's, it's been about designing a life that is according to your making, right? And when I decided that I was going to leave Jostle, it was because I wanted to step into more firmly with both feet into the context of freedom. And by freedom, I mean the ability to set your own time, the ability to choose how you spend your time, and the ability to also have much greater impact than being with a single company. So that was really important for me. I knew that my next step that I wanted to take needed to be one that was going to be either in an agency setting or in some sort of consulting setting so that I could actually engage with and learn with and from many organizations and leaders, not working in service of one brand or one organization like I was at the tech company that I was with. That's so I, I had a few reasons um, why I wanted to make the shift. Yeah. And it's all coming. I hear it like all coming together, you know, the, the OD background, the people background, HR tech, all of that coming, coming into one space. So that, that's great to hear. And so when you think about, you know, how this decision impact you, impacted you, what are the top three ways you would say that has happened? Yeah. So when I was making my decision to, to move, um, it became very clear to me that I wanted to have as much autonomy within my next step, which I believe I've achieved. It was important to me that I was surrounded by inspiring leaders who work with me every day and challenge me and help me grow as a leader, but can also benefit from what I have to offer and that I'm seen and valued for who I am. And I believe I've achieved that. And then just the, the flexibility of being able to, you know, craft my days and my weeks like I want to spend my time in ways that really enrich me. Um, so, for example, if I wanted to go do a tennis lesson this afternoon, I want to be able to change my schedule or craft my schedule today so that I can go do a tennis lesson at one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, I don't have to ask for anyone permission for it. Obviously, I need to be accountable for how I'm going to spend my time in the rest of the week and meet the needs of my clients in that time and the needs of my other partners. But I want that complete flexibility. So those are definitely three things that I believe that I've achieved already just in the, the eight months that I've been at Within People. Oh, that's awesome. And so tell us a little bit about what's, what has happened since you left. Yeah, so maybe I'll give you just a, a quick little brief around what Within People does just to set the context. Um, sure, yeah. So Within People is a, a global partnership of business strategists and management consultants, and we really operate to help people grow the companies that they love, both by working on themselves as leaders, but by also finding purpose for the organization that they're with and then helping them understand what behaviors and actions are needed in order to deliver on that purpose and to create an experience that is in alignment with achieving that purpose. So we work with all sorts of different clients um, around the world and our way of operating is a self-managed 
structure. So we have no bosses, we have no timesheets, we all operate as um, you know independent entities, but we are all aligned with the philosophy around within people, and we're built on this context of freedom that I, I mentioned earlier. So in terms of what has happened, so when I joined within people, I very quickly wondered why I hadn't done it sooner. <laughs> um, even though I, I really enjoyed and thrived during my time um, with Jossel, I, I realized that this was exactly what I was was looking for and that I was needing. You know, it, I feel like I suddenly had the ability to learn and really be challenged. And, um, you know, I, th I think that happens in for any of us when we've been in a role for a certain amount of time, you know, you start to crave like that, that area of stretch and, and being pushed a bit. And I feel like I've, I've really had that in a very kind and gentle way with the partners around me, as well as just the exposure that I've had to different clients and the challenges that they are trying to tackle. I, I feel like I've really been able to, you know, scratch my head and think about things and, and really test my own belief about something. Um, you know, whether it's about employee engagement or showing up as a human centered leader, I've really been able to, to, have the opportunity to check what I believe in. And I think that is a tremendous gift to be able to be constantly challenged like that. I, I think that's such a beautiful way to keep growing as a human. No, definitely. And, and was there like a pivotal moment in joining the company that you recall? Yeah. I, you know, I, I think what I think was, was pivotal for me was I've known a couple of the partners who started uh, within people for many years, and we've worked together in different capacities um, within people, actually helped jostle with some of our purpose and value definition, as well as our external positioning and brand messaging um, over the years. And I think what was, what was pivotal for me, and maybe it, it's not necessarily pivotal, but that moment when I had actually made the decision to join within and when I actually stepped in and was part of the partnership, that was a really pivotal moment for me because I, I stepped into this, if I can explain it as a, a mindset of, of, from a mindset of scarcity. So not really knowing what my next step is or where I'm going to grow and what I'm going to learn to a mindset of abundance of around what don't I know yet? And what am I going to learn today? And how can I have a greater impact? So I just, I feel like that was the pivotal moment for me. And, and that probably happened like three months into my time at Within, where it was just a real confident endorsement of being in the right space and feeling like this is where I need to be in this moment, which was, I was very grateful to have that experience. And I still feel that um, even today. No, that's great. And, and what are the types of clients that you find yourself working with? Yeah, quite a mix, um, you know, from small tech startups to multinational, very well-known brands, different problems at different companies. Some are team-based um, challenges that we're helping with. Some are full identity and, um, you know, purpose framework explorations where the company needs to completely redefine who they are, or they never did it in the beginning. And now suddenly they're 80 people and they don't have a purpose and they don't have values. But also we work one-on-one -on -one with leaders. Uh, we work with senior executive teams with coaching. We help with strategy with some of our clients. So how do you actually take, once you know why you're here, 
how do you build out a strategy for getting to what your vision is. But what I will say that the common denominator for all of our clients is they already understand how important clear purpose and vibrant culture is and human-centered leadership is to the growth of an organization and the health of their people. So we don't have to convince anybody that they need this. What they're needing is how to actually go about and articulate the culture and then embed the culture and live the culture. So I, th I think it's, qu it's quite interesting that we, we attract and we generate relationships with people who really get it as well as we do. But what's most rewarding is helping step a client into unlocking that for themselves because we don't necessarily have the answer for them. The, every client's individual answer is already, it's inside them. They just don't know how to access it or unlock it for themselves. So That's right. It's within. It's within. <laughs> it's, it's within it's people. Right. <laughs> definitely. Definitely. No, that's good. And, and so, and I, I like that, that approach because it's almost like you, you're, you're not selling, right? Like they already know what they need. Now you're just kind of helping to shape and implement. Right? Exactly. So that, that's a really, that, that's like a sweet spot to be in. I like that a lot. Yeah. And it's very it's, much focused on relationships and just humans coming together and working together in a collaborative, co-creative way that is very rewarding. And that is very generative too. It, it really builds this creativity and this inventiveness into it, which um, is very authentic at its core. Oh, definitely. So look, I've been teasing this for a long time now in the intro, and I've been waiting to ask you about it, right? So tell us about, you know, one, how you got into running <laughs> and about this whole epic, what was it, 20 months, right? 20 months, 30 country running extravaganza, as I'd like <laughs> to call it, right? So tell, tell us about this. Yeah, so I, I'm not a naturally athletic person, or at least I wasn't at, at school. I, I, I always shied away from any kind of sport. I don't know why. But as uh, you know, as I got into my later, later 30s, I guess, I, um, I started dabbling with, with running and I started to see that I was actually quite competitive and that I was most competitive with myself, actually. And, and running is the perfect sport if you're competitive with yourself because you can really challenge yourself to grow and advance quite quickly if you put the work in. So, yeah, so, and my husband is, is the same. He also loves, he loves running. We started off just, you know, doing like running around the block. Like that was tough. That was really tough to do. And, you know, after I did that for a few months, I'm like, oh, maybe I could run a little farther and maybe I should sign up for like a 5K race. Anyway, dabbled in that, you know, fast forward the tape. And, um, you know, within a few years I was running half marathons and then I decided, okay, that's not enough. I'm going to go up to the full marathon and, and, you know, before I knew it, I was running 50 K and ultra trail races. And as I mentioned earlier, uh, you know, my husband and I realized that, you know, our next big adventure needs to be something really epic uh, as we were sort of coming into, you know, 2012, 2013. And we were thinking about, well, what, what's the next thing that we could do? And I've always thought it to be quite odd that humans leave the best experience of, of their life potentially to the last few chapters of their life or the last decades of their life where, you know, potentially you're, you're not as interested in adventure or you can't adventure because of some health ailment or maybe just means you, you, you know, you, you're a bit constrained in your finances in your later years. So 
we just said, well, why wouldn't we just go and do this running adventure now while we're healthy and strong? And yeah, so our, our idea was that we were just going to start in Central America and we were going to try and cover off as many countries as we could with the budget that we had, which was roughly $60 a day for the two of us, which goes pretty far in some places like in Belize or India, but it doesn't go very far in France and Australia. So, you know, we had to be really careful with where we spent our time. But one of the key objectives was, is that we wanted to run as many organized races as we could in as many countries as we could. And we also wanted to run in as many off the beaten track places as we could. So I think we achieved that. Um, we, yeah. <laughs> we went all the way through, um, you know, Central and South America, a bit of time in Southern Africa, a bit of time in Europe, India, Australia, New Zealand, and a little bit of, of, um, of Asia. So still have a lot that is untapped and unscratched. So we've, we've, we've got some other plans, uh, in the works, but, you know, throughout all that time, we were staying in backpackers hostels. We literally had only our backpacks. I think I had a 28 liter pack, which isn't a very big pack, but our whole idea was, is that we were going to be as lean and as efficient as we could. And just whenever we saw something that looked cool, we would throw our packs down and, or store it somewhere safe, put on our running shoes and just go and run. And I mean, some of the best explorations you can do as a tourist or a traveler is by running because you can cover so much more ground when you're running than you can on foot. So, yeah, so that's, that was really the, the premise. Um, we ran, you know, a crazy, marathon in uh, Guatemala. Uh, we ran the Athens marathon, which was incredible finishing in the beautiful um, stadium, the, you know, the Olympic stadium that's uh, in, in Athens. We ran a marathon in Perth in Australia. We ran in Patagonia in the southern tip of Chile and Argentina. So yeah, we, we had a, a real variety of, of experiences along the way. That is that is amazing. Look, I'm I'm a runner as well, not as as uh, well traveled as a runner as you, but you know I've done done a marathon, and I I admit it. I can admit it is it's addicting when you get into it, right? And and to your point of like, uh, there's no better way to explore like a new city or a new country than to go for a run. I wholeheartedly agree, right? Because you just just on the move and you see some beautiful things. So I I love hearing about that. Um, and now I also see that, you know, you're, you're part of the podcast tribe, right? Which as I'm learning throughout, throughout my, as I started this show, this tribe is very large, right? There's a lot of folks yeah. in, in this game. And so, as I mentioned earlier in, in the, in the intro, you know, you were part of a show, you, you had a, over a hundred episodes under your belt, but now there's also a, a podcast with within, right? Correct. So tell us a little bit about uh, the show that within hosts. Yeah. So we have a podcast called Reimagining Work From Within. And uh, it's it's a show that brings people and ideas to the forefront around uh, what's going on, particularly around culture and leadership uh, and how to find and grow purpose within organizations. So we have conversations with folks who may be a specialist in an area, like we just had an episode with Latonya Wilkins on psychological safety and DEI. Uh, but we also bring our clients on to have a chat with us about what they've gone through by defining their purpose more carefully and what that's unlocked for them. We also do some roundup episodes where we talk about what's going on in the world of work and 
about topics and issues that are trending right now so that we can help inspire and prepare leaders to have those bold and courageous conversations themselves within their workplace. So it's, yeah, it's a fairly new podcast, but we're off to a strong start. Um, I am not the, uh, the primary host. So once in a while, I make an appearance um, to host an episode. But yeah, I certainly miss my, my days at People at Work. We had a lot of fun. Um, we, were, we were publishing an episode a week at People at, at Work. So it, it, was, it was at pace. Yes. Um, <laughs> but so grateful. You were talking about the tribe, right? Like some of um, my closest connections that I now have came out of... Uh, people that I met through the podcast and who just, we struck a common chord with each other and we are inspired by each other's presence and work that we're doing. So I'm yeah, really grateful for being part of that community. And um, yeah, just also wonderful to be on the other side of the mic once in a while like this yeah. with you yeah. um, to be adding, you know, some thoughts and, and ideas and inspiration into the mix as well. No, that's great. And, and you know, a part of this show uh, is really around advice for others as well to always like to to start start the wrap up with you know because look a lot has been happening in this space you know at the time we're recording this there's so many so many trends that are going on right now we got the great resignation great regret recognition now we got quiet quitting that's coming up that at least at the time we're recording this it's August of 2022 and so you know when you think about the advice that you would give to our listeners who may have a similar experience to yours but really don't know what to do next. What would you say to them? I think, you know, the, the first thing that comes to mind is you have to step out of your comfort zone to experience the magic. And it might be really awkward and uncomfortable and you might feel very scared, as I did, to make a significant change in how you are integrating or designing your work life. But I, in my experience, I feel like the rewards outweigh the risks and just to not to be afraid to try something different or try something new and just see what it's like on the other side. I like that. Now, what more do you think employers could be doing to better support employees in the workplace? Yeah, for that one, I I think that there's something around, so there's this golden rule of treating others as you want to be treated. And and I actually think you have to break the golden rule as a leader and as an employer. And I think you have to treat people the way that they want to be treated. So, you know, really thinking about asking questions, hearing, um, listening very carefully, um, not making assumptions about what you think people want as we you know, try and navigate through these very strange times as work is shifting. Maybe just pause and go, well, what do other people want and how do they want to be treated? Not how you might want to be. Absolutely. And, and you know, I do trainings and that, that's actually one of my lines as well. That That's called the platinum rule. Oh, it's yeah. been upgraded. Okay, great. Yeah, I'm the, glad I know the, that now. Yeah, that's the <laughs> platinum rule. So when you said it, I was like, oh, perfect. Yeah. So that is, uh, I, I've done some, um, you know, on, on the side on occasion, I do emotional intelligence training. And that is when we talk about that, uh, treating people how they want to be treated. That is like that, that, that platinum rule, if you will. So I love that you mentioned that because it is right on, right on point. <laughs> Fabulous. Well, that's, thank you for teaching me that I've learned not only one thing today. <laughs> yeah, oh, of course, of course. And, and now, now that you're in this, this new role in this next chapter in your career, um, what is the type of impact that you're hoping to have? So if I can make just one person stay at work, feel more 
liberating and inspiring and freeing, then I feel like I've had the impact that I want to have. However, that's not enough for me. I really want to have a hand in changing what work is and how people experience work and these structures and environments and ways that we make decisions as organizations together and how we treat people and welcome people and let them be themselves within workplaces. Because I believe that that spills out into society in a positive way. I feel like we all spend so much time at work um, that the time that we're there should be enriching and empowering. Uh, it should not be a place where we bring fear and judgment upon people. And so if I can some shape or form through my work at Within People help build amazing cultures that unlock that for people, then I feel like I would have um, had an excellent legacy to leave behind in my work. That, that is great. And I think you're, you're at such a pivotal time in our work history right now that I think you can do just that, right? And so that, that's awesome. Thank you for sharing. And, and now my last official question is, what are the top six countries you think people should run? So I'm going to say Patagonia, which is really two because it's Argentina and Chile. I'm going to say New Zealand, beautiful trails, incredible natural beauty. I'm going to say France and in particular the Chamonix area. I'm going to, what's that, four? Oh, I'm going to say Namibia, which has got incredible, beautiful and diverse natural beauty. And then let's go with, uh, let's go with Hong Kong. There's some really incredible, surprising, beautiful trails in, in, in and around the city of Hong Kong that are really, really spectacular. So oh, that, hopefully that's, that's awesome. a, a fair mix off the top of my head. Oh, definitely. You got, you got us a little bit everywhere. So that, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Well, look, Bev, I want to just say thank you uh, for taking some time to speak with me today. It's been a pleasure learning about you, your story, your journey. Uh, and I'd love for us to stay connected. I love the love the information that you post on LinkedIn. That's actually how how we got connected. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, love LinkedIn, right? Uh, they don't sponsor this at all, but I got to give them credit where credit is due. Definitely. Um, and so would love for you to share where can our listeners support you and find you? Yeah, so predominantly my presence is on LinkedIn and you can find me at forward slash Bev Atfield or just search for Bev Atfield. That's where I'm at. Um, you can also follow Within People on Instagram or you can check out our blog, which is withinpeople.com or at Within People on Instagram. And um, yeah, just feel free to reach out. I, I'm very active on LinkedIn. I love a good conversation. I don't always need anyone or everyone to agree with me. I, I think it's great <laughs> if we can have multiple sides to a conversation. But what I do love is a common interest in helping us make work better for people and so that we can see our world be enriched through the function of work. Oh, I love that. Well, look, well, thank you again. So look, that'll do it for today. Again, I want to thank my guest, Bev Atfield, for joining us. I'll be sure to share her information in the show notes. So I hope you all have a great week and we'll see you next time. Thanks again, Bev. Thanks, Brian. It's been wonderful. Thanks again for listening to Why I Left. Be sure to join us next time for more stories from the Great Resignation. Visit us at www.whyileft.co. That's whyileft.co. And subscribe to the show on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, 
or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey there, podcasters. It's Brian Akar, host of Why I Left. Are you ready to take your show to the next level? I've got a game changer for you. Meet Dave, the genius behind apodcastgeek.com and the man who keeps me and why I left looking and sounding so crisp. Whether you're a seasoned podcaster or just getting started, Dave's got your back. He's the go-to producer for podcasters who demand nothing but the best. At apodcastgeek.com, you can easily order your next episode. And the best part, got a special offer, is you'll receive 10% off your first order using code BA10. That's right, 10% off to kickstart your podcasting journey by simply using the code BA10 at checkout. Now, don't wait. I know you've been thinking about starting a show, and maybe this is your sign to just get out there and do it. So what I want you to do is visit apodcastgeek.com, sign up, and start creating amazing content. Dave and his team are simply amazing, and you won't regret it. At apodcastgeek.com, they're going to help you reach new heights with your podcast. And of course, tell them that Brian from Why I Left sent you. See you soon.